0: Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Thursday, the 30th of July, 2020. One experience that we can probably all relate to as we think back to the days of our childhood is picking teams probably go out at recess time at school or maybe in the neighborhood with your friends. And whether you were playing two-hand touch football or kickball or whatever the team, the, the event was, you'd, you'd have to pick teams and decide who was going to be on which side. And occasionally, you would even have the pressure of being one of the team captains where you would have to pick who was on your team. Team, and you would have that pressure if you had the first pick, where it's who do I want on my team, and am I going to make the right decision? Am I going to pick a winning team? Well, sometimes in those situations, there would be somebody that was just so good that really the whole competition came down to which team was that individual on. Well, when we look at the kings of the kingdom of Judah we're really looking at them picking sides and ultimately them picking who's going to be on their team cuz really it all comes down in this book of kings is is god on their side or not and to choose that it's really are these kings going to be on god's side or not are they going to choose to follow god or not so let's look at Second Chronicles twenty six to twenty eight today. And as we do, let's we, we've been looking at kings, whether First and Second Kings or First and Second Chronicles, now for a while. And we're seeing good kings and we're seeing bad kings. And unfortunately, we've seen a lot more bad kings than we have good kings. But what's the difference? What, what, what's going on here? What I want to point out to you, it really all comes down to: Does the king seek the Lord or not? When the king seeks the Lord. God is with them. But when the king rejects the Lord, we see God rejecting the people, and we see consequences, and we see even military losses. And today we pick it up in chapter 26 with King Uzziah, who it says he did what was right in the eyes of the Lord. And then we see him winning victories in chapter 26, but then we see in verse 16, But when he was strong, he grew proud to his destruction, for he was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple of the Lord to burn incense on the altar of incense. We see that's a problem that results even in leprosy for him, and his reign doesn't seem to be the same ever since that moment. And then we see Jotham in chapter 27, and he does what is right in the eyes of the Lord, and we see him winning victories. And then we get to King Ahaz in chapter 28, and he does not do what is right in the eyes of the Lord, but he walks in the ways of the kings of Israel, and he even made metal images for the Baals. And it says he even offered his sons as an offering. What an abomination. He was a wicked king. And then in verse 5, it says, therefore, the Lord his God gave him into the hand of the king of Assyria. Or, sorry, the king of Syria, who defeated him and took captive a great number of his people and brought them to Damascus. And he also was given into the hand of the king of Israel, who struck him with great force. And you see, it sounds a little simplistic, but you do see this pattern throughout 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles that the kings who set in their heart to seek God, there is a reward for that. And God blesses. Them And those that reject God, there are consequences for that. Now, I don't think that there are any kings of Judah listening to this podcast right now. And so there aren't some of the promises that God made to the kings and to King David and to King Solomon and to their descendants. But think about it. God says things like he opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Just think about that simple statement that when we are humble, there is a grace that comes from God. But when we are proud, God is actively opposing us. Just to think of a sport, another sports analogy, I think of, you know, a football team. And I think of, you know, the offensive and defensive line when they line up there at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, they're just getting ready to go at each other. And I think about myself lining up in that situation. And if you know me, you know I am not the biggest individual in the world. I'm definitely on the skinny side of the scale. And I think about me lining up and going up against a genuine NFL lineman. And I think to myself, how is that going to go? Well, I'll tell you, not good for me, right? I am going to get knocked into next Tuesday in that scenario. But here's the thing, when we are proud, when we seek sin instead of seeking God, the Bible says he is opposed to us. He's lining up against us. And if you think me against an NFL lineman is a bad matchup, wait until you try you against God. It's not going to go well for us. And we see promises. We see things like Matthew 6, which says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And I think even talking about this might make us a little bit uncomfortable, and we need to be really careful in what we're saying. We're not saying, hey, you can earn God's favor if you do all the right things. No, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that we seek the Lord in his grace, in his mercy, that we are not righteous, we cannot earn favor from God. It is a gift of his grace. And we also want to be careful of just coming up with an overly simplistic view of things where it's, hey, follow God and everything's going to go well in your life. And if you don't, then there will be trouble. Then we start sounding like Joel, like Job's friends. Or we start sounding like, you know, those preachers that say, hey, believe in God and you'll get a better house and a nicer car and a better job and all of that. No, that's not what I'm trying to say either. But what I am saying is who is on the Lord's side? Who is seeking him? And when we really humble ourselves and seek God, there will be a blessing that comes from God. And when we reject God, there will be consequences. God is opposed to the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And I think that is a lesson that has now been pounded into us again and again as we have read through 1st and 2nd Kings and 1st and 2nd Chronicles. And I would encourage you to think through your own life. And remember, the most important thing is, are you on the Lord's side? Is he on your side? Are you seeking him? Because if we're trying to deal with problems in our life on our own or in our own ways, or even seeking the wrong things in life, it will not go well for you, just like it doesn't go well for these kings that we see. And again, we don't want to be overly simplistic with this, saying, hey, follow God and nothing will ever go wrong, because we clearly see that there are trials, there are troubles that God's people will experience. And we see some of that frustration and even that trouble in Psalm 89 today. Psalm 89, 37 to 52. We've been reading this psalm and it talks about God's steadfast love. It talks about God's faithfulness, God's promises to David. And so far it seems like, oh, what a celebration. And then we get to our passage today, uh, starting in verse 37 to then 38. And we are like, whoa. Change of gears, change of tune. Verse 38 starts with the word, but. And it says, but you have now cast off and rejected. You are full of wrath against your anointed. He's saying, God, you're faithful. You're full of steadfast love. But where is that right now? It feels like you have cast us off. In verse 46, he says, How long, O Lord, will you hide yourself forever? How long will your wrath burn like fire? Or verse 49, Lord, where is your steadfast love of old, which by your faithfulness you swore to David? He starts off this psalm saying, I'm going to sing of the steadfast love of the Lord forever, and I'm going to sing of his faithfulness. And now he's saying, God, where is it? Where is your steadfast love? Where is your faithfulness? And again, there's going to be times in life when you feel this way. And again, that's why we can't be overly simplistic of, hey, follow God and everything will work out. But what I do want you to notice that in those times when you're feeling low and you're asking how long, O Lord, really Psalm 89 is the way to do it. Notice he spends the first 37 verses reflecting on the faithfulness and the steadfast love of God. And then he brings his request. But man, I have to think that starting that way has to have had an effect on the psalmist's heart. And when we come to God, I think it is good for us. Even when, God, I I don't see it right now. I can't feel it right now, but I know you're faithful. I will even in this moment choose to sing of your faithfulness. And I will trust you. And he even ends by saying, blessed be the Lord forever. Amen and amen. And I hope that encourages you today. Again, if you're feeling low, if you're asking how long, O oh Lord, remember His steadfast love and His faithfulness, even when you're asking, God, where where is it? And, and we, we also need to remind you that God is good. He is merciful. He provides. He provides for His people. And, and that's one thing that, uh, that we see uh, clearly in our next passage for today in Luke chapter 9, verses 1 through 17, verses 1 through 17. And there's a few things we see here. Jesus sends out his disciples, and he sends them out to minister. And then they come back in verse 10, and they told him all they had done. And it, it says, and he took them and withdrew apart to a town called Bethsaida. And we clearly see even from some of the other gospels, I mean, he's trying to lead them away for some R and R. They just went out on a missions trip that they've been working hard. And Jesus is saying, Hey, let's, let's go away and let's recover and let's, let's rest. But people still follow them. They want more. And Jesus, he welcomes them. He heals them. And then he, and then he feeds them in a miraculous way. And then even he provides for the disciples with those 12 baskets of broken pieces. And I think one thing that stands out to me when I read this story is just, look, in a moment when Jesus was tired, when his disciples were tired, when this was basically an inconvenience of the crowds continuing to follow them, Jesus provides. He provides what they need. And again, there's going to be moments in life where you feel at the end of your rope, where you're like, man, I need some R&R, but you're just not getting it because there's continued pressures or continued demands that you're not able to get away from. Know in those moments that Jesus can provide. Jesus can provide what you need. And we want to end today by putting our focus on Jesus. And we need to remember who he is and that he is in control. And ultimately, it's just going to matter, are we on his side or not? Because it says at the end of our passage today, Philippians 2, 1 through 12, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's the only thing that's going to matter on the last day. Have you bowed the knee to Jesus now? Have you confessed him as Lord now? Who is on the Lord's side? Are you? And if you believe that, if that's what you believe about Jesus, that's going to free you up to love other people. And that's what we see in verses three and four. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So my encouragement to you today is seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek him. Be on his side. Stand up for the Lord today and let him take care of the rest. And as you trust him to provide, even when you're in need, that frees you up to serve and to love other people. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.